We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. All right, so uh, we're going to do something different in this episode. We're going to talk about the death of the music business. Music in general, actually. Yeah, rest in peace music. Oh, we should actually call the episode that. That's what my notes are called. That's actually great. Probably going to call it RIP music. Yes. So most people listening to this probably assume writing for Rolling Stone magazine is something that you would get paid to do. Yes. I would assume writing for any magazine if your name is on an article and it doesn't say ad next to it, because, you know, sometimes they do say ad so that you know that somebody paid for the space. Rolling Stone recently, I don't know when this is going to come out, but as of this recording session, Rolling Stone recently announced this thing. I think they're calling it the Culture Council or something like that. And what it is, if you don't know about TEDx talks, it's where someone pays to pretend that they're giving a TED Talk, to pretend that anyone gives a shit about their TED Talk. There's a whole industry around this, like turning yourself into what's called a thought leader. If you want to be seen as an influential person, you may pay money to give a TEDx talk. Then you can pitch that to people who don't know any better as if anyone gave a shit and asked you to say all that stuff in the first place. So Rolling Stone is now rolling out the pay to play basically or pay to write okay real quick who the fuck at ted thought that that was a good idea obviously it was a terrible idea that did nothing but diminish the value of ted yeah how many people said oh yeah i did a ted talk no you didn't motherfucker you did a ted x talk any asshole can do a ted x talk ted talks used to be the thing dude i got sent like eight ted talks a week there for two years and then almost as soon as they rolled out the tedx thing that shit stopped well because it would be like bill gates doing a fucking hour-long amazing dissertation about saving the world from malaria or something uh being associated with some pseudoscience psychic bullshit or some comedian that did a tedx talk who thought they were going to be the next Joe fucking Rogan thought leader douchebag. That's exactly what it turned into. So the the smart people, they didn't want to be associated with that shit. Cause it was like, Oh, uh, Tim Ferriss did a Ted talk. Oh, so did fucking jerk off. Whatever his name is. Did it when proving that psychics are real, it just diminishes the entire brand to the point of which it has no value. Now it makes the people a lot of fucking money, The people that own Ted, I'm sure, were printing money for a little while there because every idiot with however much money, say $10,000, I don't know what it was, but a couple grand could do a TEDx talk. And it lended credibility to their ideas. The Rolling Stones thing is obviously they have to print whatever has been paid 
for as basically this is sponsored content. Someone paid us to print them saying this. But the idea, I guess, is that you can be viewed as an expert worthy of having your thoughts printed in Rolling Stone when really you paid to have it done. And there is still an approval process. You can't just pay $2,000 and have anything you want to printed in Rolling Stone. But what I would be curious to know is the price for buying like a full page ad Mm -hmm. in Rolling Stone, because really, what is the difference? And if you have paid attention to the music industry at all for the history of it, especially when like record labels were kicking ass and taking names pre Napster, uh, a very common thing to do was take out full page ads in trades like billboards. Specifically, if you had a hit record, you would take out a full page ad just to flex nuts on everyone. (laughs) We did it. Fuck you. I don't know how much that costs specifically. Or some people would sometimes like take out a full page ad into an open letter. Right. I need to make sure everyone knows what I think about this. So this is basically Rolling Stone inviting people to do that. Because obviously shit is not going well over there if they're trying to make money through this avenue. I have actually seen articles in newspapers that looked like legitimate articles. Oh, they like do everything they can. Article. Yeah. Hashtag ad in there. It wasn't an article. It was just an ad that was made to yeah. look what they call native con- native content right. is what that so one it, is. Yeah. It looks like oh the New York Times is writing an article about some new drug. <laughs> cigarettes but, aren't really that bad. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Malcolm Gladwell turns out cigarettes aren't that bad. <laughs> Sponsored by Marlboro. It's just not it doesn't look good. I, I realize that these companies want to make money and it's probably a great way to make money. I just think it looks bad, personally. I think it, I, I think it looks bad all the time. It does. The whole thing is bad. It's a PR lose for sure. It's like they say that there's no such thing as bad publicity, but there fucking is. And it's when the price tag is on the article, okay? Like, no one wants that. No one wants your brand to be associated with that. This is the kind of shit that the Firefest founder would pay to yeah. do, okay? If you're going to pay, say, $2,000 to have an article in Rolling Stone... And they're going to call it or subgenre is it your, oh, you're one of the people that's paying. At that point, it just diminishes, A, I think the value of what you're probably trying to say, and B, greatly diminishes the value of Rolling Stone. Yeah, they're fucked. They're done. Because it looks absolutely terrible. Oh, this person paid us money to publish this blog post. So the thing about Rolling Stone magazine is it doesn't matter anymore, and It's one of those magazines that I call them waiting room magazines. And the reason why is obviously because this is a magazine that you will see in waiting rooms because doctors are fucking old and don't know what is cool or what matters and never really cared. Honestly, they just know that Rolling Stone is a magazine, so they have it in their waiting room. Mm -hmm. And those are, I don't know the percentage, but I'm going to guess the majority of Rolling Stone's subscriptions are probably that kind of subscription, where it's just someone who is subscribed to this magazine with no intention of reading it themselves. They just put it somewhere where they think people who would want to read it will read it. The reason why is because no one cares about music and no one has ever cared about music really it's just noise people are afraid of silence this comes up a lot on the show people care about music in the same way they care about the 10 books that are currently on the new york times bestsellers list 
you care about music more than most people if you listen to this show. This is a podcast that is made for people who love music. People who don't listen to this podcast think it is a show made for people who hate music. But the reality is they do not like music. They like reading in the same way that people who read Fifty Shades of Grey like reading. Right. They like music in the same way as people who buy the Rolling Stone magazine's 500 greatest albums of all time. It's actually kind of weird if you think about it in that way. Like, if you ask somebody what the last book they read was, and they say, like, Tolstoy, or they say uh, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, there really is, like, a it, just like a who's your favorite band question, it's exactly the exact same question just about books and writing instead of music. Yeah, if someone says Graham Greene, that is a person who reads books right if someone says dan brown <laughs> right. that's the wrong color that's someone okay. who wants to be entertained it's kind of fucked up that is actually how we as people oftentimes categorize people though we definitely judge people based on their musical taste we definitely judge people about books about their favorite movies all of these things this is how everyone is Everyone is constantly judging other people based on their taste in art. It's not even so much the taste in art is what it says about you. If your favorite writer is like Stephen King, you don't care about good writing. Right. He writes books like a 13-year-old boy. Mm -hmm. But when most people think of Rolling Stone magazine... It is like the pinnacle of music magazines. Yeah, because most people are stupid. I don't know of a bigger. Actually, if you go to the grocery store right now, I would say there's a good chance that it may be the only music magazine on the entire yeah. rack. Unless it's you're going to Borders or I don't even know what fucking bookstores exist anymore. None. But if I mean, it's one of the five music magazines. That right. Have for sure. But I don't think that people are, are actually buying copies from it. I think that's why they redid their 500 greatest albums of all time list. It wasn't like we need to update it to make sure it's accurate. It's because they know that that special edition is going to sell 50 times as many yeah, units never, as any single issue. I am not going to do this because I don't care. But how often does that list even fucking change? And or how much does it change? 500 albums like what do they do like every now and then tweak it and add one or two and take away one or two i think they're done man so but unless what else we're about to get into really happens and then maybe that'll be the thing that saves rolling stone for what reasons that will become obvious as you listen so one of the recurring themes of this show is how the vast majority of people don't actually give a fuck about music and never really have. And that is why this show makes most people fucking furious because they never have and never will spend eight hours flipping through the racks in a record store because they just don't give that much of a shit. What they want is someone like Rolling Stone to tell them what the 500 greatest albums of all time are so they can spend the rest of their lives calling the Beatles the most important musical genius who ever lived and they can feel good about how cultured they are and talk to their rich friends at dinner and say things that feel educated on a subject that they really have no clue what they're talking about they're just repeating what they believe is the accepted truth right this show makes those people mad because if we're right and all these bands suck they're suckers 
who got <laughs> lied to. But even more important than that, it means they would now have to invest their precious time into learning more about music if they still want to feel like they know what they're talking about. Yeah, man. So they're just like, no, those guys are haters. They clearly just hate all music, right? Because this, everyone knows that this is all the best music that ever happened. The rockest canon, I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to call it, the rockest canon has always been a representation of the fact that most people don't give a fuck about music. They want the matter to have been decided. This was the best music ever. Nobody needs to think about it anymore. New music is only good in as much as it can be seen as a reminder or extension of the rockest canon. Now, maybe some of you listening to this want to live in a world where everyone agrees the best music to ever happen has already happened. My position is fuck you. I like having things to look forward to in life. I would like to think that the best music has not happened yet. It is very common theme i would say especially among ultra fans of any band that we've ever covered and or ever will cover they hold on so tightly just say to the beatles because that's an easy example because they're always the fucking number one thing there's a reason why we started with the band we started with the beatles because obviously they're the number one band on every list ever but the thing that comes with these lists and with people that fully indulge this, is that, yes, of course, any new music that comes out today, any new music that came out after 1968, 1970, I guarantee if you search a year in that phrase in Google, somebody will be making the argument that no music after whatever year was good. That's always what it is. Yeah. There's always some something of like no music after 2000 was good. I guarantee someone has said that probably in the pages of Rolling Stone magazine. This attitude and the entire idea of having a rockist canon is the actual enemy of music. This is the greatest enemy that the future of music faces. And it, the rockist canon is a statue that people who do love music must always be pushing over or else new and good music will keep becoming harder to create because there's not enough money in it all the money now goes towards celebrities who have a music career as part of their brand and the money that doesn't go to those celebrities goes to the canon which brings us to how and why you are all seeing an article seemingly once a week about some legendary songwriter selling their entire publishing catalog to a company. The biggest company that's doing this right now is called Hypnosis Songs Fund. Uh, But also, anyone will buy it now. Like, Universal will buy your whole catalog, etc., etc. But Hypnosis is the one that really kicked this off because, first of all, I never saw or heard of this company until this past year. Apparently, that's because they were only founded in 2018. But the first thing I when I saw the name of this company was that whoever Storm Thorgerson left his design company to must have decided to get rich as fuck because Hypnosis was the name he used to make probably half the album covers of everyone's favorite canon albums. Mm -hmm. This is the dude who did like all the Pink Floyd stuff, half the Led Zeppelin albums, maybe all the Led Zeppelin albums. I don't honestly know that one. I didn't check this, but this dude did like T-Rex's Electric Warrior album cover, like literally half the t-shirts you've ever seen someone wearing of a major label band pre-90s. He designed. Yeah. Now that we've sold a bunch of shirts, maybe people will start responding to them wearing our shirt. We get tagged in 
post all the time. I see. Yeah, if you get a shirt at yfbspod.com. I want to hear the stories. Oh, I definitely want to hear some stories. I bet it's a lot of people laughing at the shirt. I bet when you're walking around in a shirt that says your favorite band sucks on it, you get a lot of people who aren't dumb as fuck going, that shirt's funny. I hope. It's a great conversation starter or ender. If you're a single person and you're someone that goes on dates, you should buy a shirt and wear it on a date. Mm-hmm. It's a great litmus test. Figure out right away, oh, this person I'm going on this date with, his favorite band is Weezer. Text your friend, hey, uh, can you call me in a minute and tell me that you really need my help? Get the fuck out of there. Yeah. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse, carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see, we could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. So Hypnosis, this company, was founded by Niall Rogers of Sheik. So I'm about to like list all the reasons why fuck this company on one hand but on the other hand Niall Rogers of Chic is one of the individual people who deserves so much more credit and as much money as they can be given from mm-hmm. the music business again 25% of the songs that have been popular are ripoffs of this guy's band <laughs> this guy is at least 50% probably of an uncredited composer on Let's Dance by David Bowie. Okay. Like his name's not on the song, but he did that song. Also, a really common thing that most people don't know <laughs> Niall Rogers is one of the co founders of this hypnosis thing. And the other person is his manager. I'm for sure going to butcher this guy's name, but I think it is Merc Mercuriatus. It seems like maybe a Greek name or something to me. I'm not sure. Um, and obviously this guy is the one actually running everything. Niall Rogers is the friendly artist face, you know, like how title brought out like Daft Punk and 20 other people. Right, 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 right. Also, by the way, obviously we're just like throwing around a lot of music business talk right now. Uh, if you're not interested in that tough shit, but if you <laughs> are interested in that, I have been trying to talk Mark into starting a podcast about the music business for a couple years at this point and he just I, I don't know if he thinks that people would not be interested in that but if you would like mark to host an interview podcast where he interviews music industry professionals about the state of the music industry his twitter handle is music city mark if you like this episode let him know because that's what the whole show would be is more of this uh, and before we get into this i do want to start by making sure everyone understands the kind of whack bullshit that Niall Rogers manager is bringing to the table on this. Obviously this guy has a whole spiel about how what he's doing is going to change the entire music industry, blah, 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 disruption, blah, 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 all, all the buzzwords that you it's say <laughs> buzzwords to say when you're like lubing up, right? To get yes. Ready. Yes. And uh, oh, what, what does everyone in Silicon Valley say? Oh, disruption. Ooh, yes. Let's throw that in there. But one part of what this guy thinks should change about the music industry is he thinks that artist managers, you know, the other job that he has he thinks that artist managers should be paid in perpetuity for material that artists release during the term of their management contract yeah so like if i'm your manager in the year 2021 and you put out an album i get my percentage of that album forever 
Because that's exactly how investments worked. His argument for this is that producers now get points on a song. Yes. But that's because they were part of the creative process, dude. You answered the phone. I know. That's do you did it now. If you did something creative in the actual creation of the songs. Sure. If you okay. If you become the producer, right. if you become a yes. songwriter. Sure. But sending emails and answering the phone, no, that's your fucking job. And that's what you get paid to do. You get paid most managers make a ridiculous amount of money. Whoa. Way more Maybe oftentimes than the bands themselves. Sometimes. When they take 15% of the gross income sometimes bands actually make less than their manager personally i think it's hilarious that managers still get to sign deals for a percentage like i'm probably never gonna have a manager because you know what i'm gonna have a personal assistant who gets paid a yes. flat salary yeah uh, especially now. why would you do that why would you not just hire someone and pay them a salary yeah because it's what's done Seriously, I, I know that we have some major label recording artists listening to this. You have all of the negotiating and bargaining power in this situation. Let's be honest here. At the end of the day, a half the time a manager is just a fucking glorified personal assistant. The secretary. That's who they are half the time. They ha You have lawyers. Lawyers get paid points because they actually can make or break your entire fucking career. Yeah. Period. If you make good music and people like it, your manager could be nobody. You don't need a manager. Sure, they may make your life easier. And if you decide you want to have a manager and pay them accordingly, that's fine. The idea that you would get paid in perpetuity is fucking insane. Yeah. Pure greed. Also, nothing more. Imagine if everyone who gets paid a percentage started. Do, like, So imagine if lawyers did this. Imagine if agents did this. These are all pieces of the pie that major label artists are slicing out agents get paid percentages lawyers get paid percentages yeah if everyone's like well i mean the producer of the song gets their piece forever so like i should get my piece forever too of everything that you did while we were that's this guy okay this is the guy who is pretending like what he's doing has this altruistic side motive buying up all these catalogs right also, I mean, no offense to him, but also a really common theme with con men, con artists in general. There's always an altruistic thing. Oh, yeah. I'm doing this for you. Art is is got to be like the number one target of people that want to be like this because artists don't know any better. Oftentimes, artists just want to make art. They just want to make music because that's what they do. Anyone who's been following Kanye West for the past two years knows exactly how this shit shakes out. And I mean, look, I get it. Like people have sympathy for artists and everything. But if you step foot in this arena and you think that it's all fun and games and getting famous and getting rich and not having to watch your asshole 24 seven. Holy shit. I could do a hundred episodes of a podcast. Just could you just in, could you <laughs> just interviewing bands that have been ripped off by their managers? Yeah, it's almost always not always. Almost always their managers to rip them off. So this dude calls hypnosis a song management company instead of 
a fucking publishing company. But if you find interviews with him, you will see his explanation of the difference. What he's doing is he's only acquiring assets that have a proven value in the marketplace, as opposed to taking the risks that a regular publishing company takes by signing new songwriters to write new music, which may or may not become profitable. So nearly 100% of this guy's assets provide a large enough return for him to hire enough employees more employees than a regular publishing company would hire and have each of those employees, I mean, just going to use the hit figures that he always throws around. So he says that a regular publishing company probably has one person working like 20,000 songs, Mm -hmm. right? That's a lot of songs. A person cannot functionally work all of those songs to their maximum potential. That's true. So this guy's theory is I will have people working only like 500 to maybe a couple thousand songs max. So you've got one person covering that many songs. They can be much more effective at exploiting each to his maximum potential. The efficiency of this company is going to be unlike anything we've ever seen from a regular publishing company. But this is just a guy who raised enough capital to buy his way into having a catalog the size of a legacy publishing company, except the catalog comprises nearly nothing but hit songs. Okay, so follow me here. What most publishing companies do is have a catalog that like 10% or less earns all of the money. Usually less. Yes. Allowing them to take risks, signing the writers who may write the hit songs of tomorrow. Right. And then they have a share of that too. That that gets added to the minority percentage of the catalog that is earning. Mm -hmm. Same thing with record companies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The idea of owning a record company is to exist for long enough to build a back catalog in which some small percentage of that makes the vast majority of your revenue. And it makes enough money to risk some of it signing new artists who may then become the legendary musical artists of tomorrow. This guy is buying all the shit that has been proven to be a success and investing nearly none of it in any kind of future for this entire industry. This dude is strip mining music. He's not the only one, but he's the most blatant and obvious one about it. Yeah, I feel like I made a note in here. It was like BlackRock or one of these mega investment, like institutional investment companies. Which, you know, a company like BlackRock, if that's who it was, uh, they are an investment company. They care about money. That's totally fine. That's what they do. But they partner with somebody like this who basically, I think, pretties up the whole thing, right? He's the one that adds, like, legitimacy to what they're doing. This guy has been an artist manager for his whole life. He managed Axl Rose or Guns N' Roses in the Chinese democracy era. He managed Morrissey. He managed Beyonce. He managed Iron Maiden back in the day. This guy has... He has legitimacy. ...relationships that right. he's leveraging the fuck out of. If a suit, we'll just call them a suit from BlackRock or an investment firm worth billions of dollars, has tens of billions of people's money to invest and make more money, goes and sits down with Stevie Nicks or Fleetwood Mac or the infinite list of other bands that they've done this with. It doesn't go anywhere. Neil that, Young. Neil Young. He, this guy acquired Bob Dylan. 50%. Bob Dylan went to Universal. Right. And this gets into a whole other side thing is this guy is causing catalogs to be so overvalued that other publishing companies can't compete. 
So uh, you should probably explain what a multiple is, like when someone's acquiring a business or something, even the concept of what a multiple is. Right. So if like, we'll just say an artist like Fleetwood Mac, because it's easy. Fleetwood Mac makes, we'll just throw out a number, a million dollars a year, which they make more. Yes. But a million dollars a year, they would pay, say, 15 times up to 20 times whatever they would make a year in a lump sum payment. So they would sit down with, say, and this is just purely just for the sake of math. Fleetwood Mac, we want to buy your catalog. We'll give you $20 million, which is what you would normally make over the course of 20 years of being an artist. And of course, for varying reasons, I would assume sometimes greed, sometimes to cover their tax bill, which I guess maybe some artists had some outstanding tax payments that they had to make. Um, which is weird because you're still going to pay taxes on the lump sum. Well, the other thing is some people think that Biden is probably going to hike the right, right. Capital, capital gains. Right, right. Here, I mean, there's- So you're a, talking about like a lot of money that you're going to get to keep by taking this ahead of a potential capital gain raise. I don't know. That's a whole separate topic. Uh, paying taxes is an important part of, I mean, I get it. Nobody wants to pay taxes, but it's also an important part of being an American and- having a business that you generate hundreds of millions of dollars in wealth, like, sorry, but you got to pay taxes. We all do. So anyways, if I guess for some artists, somebody sits down with you and they have clout, they don't look like this suit. I, I guarantee you, if the investment banker sat down with these artists and said, oh, I'll give you $400 million, that you would, they'd be like, ah, oh, fuck off. You fuck, you know what I mean? Like, but someone sits down with you, A, that you maybe you know or has a name, you actually take the meeting. And maybe when they convince you that giving up the rights to your music, which means you will have no control over it for the rest of your life, is worth whatever check that they're willing to write you. The other thing is that the examples that you threw around were examples of the multiples that hypnosis is paying, like upwards of 15 to 20 times the yearly revenue. But like what was standard before this guy started doing this was like 10, mm -hmm. like eight to 10 is what Dude, publishing companies were paying companies, to acquire, which is also insane. I mean, honestly, most companies would sell for like three times earnings to give someone 15 or 20 times what they would earn. Now here's the catch to that. If I give you 20 times, if it's supposedly going to take me 20 years to recoup my investment, no fucking way is that actually going to happen. What is going to happen sooner or later? And maybe a little later because they want to make sure they can yeah. soak up as much as they can this before they start said, doing it. This guy it. has said he wants to acquire upwards of 20% of what I have called the raucous canon. He wants to acquire 20% of the top earning songs in the history of recorded music. And I think he's got a really, really solid chance of doing that. Which A, gives them an insane amount of leverage. But also McDonald's will pay possibly forever the existence of McDonald's a shit ton of fucking money to have a Fleetwood Mac song in one of their commercials. Yeah. Any yeah. other commercial, it your music will be bastardized to some extreme at which I would not be shocked in five years that some of these artists are crying on. I would be shocked if it was even that long. Some of these artists are going to be crying on social media within two years saying decrying that they ever sold their catalogs for a mind-boggling amount of money so what's going to happen is like you just said this guy is buying at a price that the idea is it would take you 20 years to earn this revenue but what he's going to do is not wait the 20 years 
just to restate what you said, he is going to the whole point of him assigning a smaller number of songs to a greater number of people to work is to make these songs start bringing in more money than they were before. And there's only one way to do that. It's not by going out and paying Rolling Stone magazine $2,000 to describe how great this song always was and how more people should listen to it. And then that's going to bring in more money. The only way to make these, and this guy's been very open about this. His plan is to work these songs and have them bring in more money mm-hmm. than they did in previous years. There's only one way to do that. Mm-hmm. It's sync deals, licensing deals. What's funny is there are so many stories of artists being really upset that their music was used in a way that they didn't agree. It is one of the most common stories I've ever heard. It bums me out that my song was in that because they have no control. Well, now you're really not going to have any control. They are not going to wait 15 years to recoup their money. They are going to aggressively sell your music into every possible place it could be sold and squeeze every possible dime out of it period they just will well this guy has said that he right now he's 90 percent focused on acquisition and 10 percent focused on working the catalog but as soon as he hits that 20 percent acquisition that he has stated as his goal he has said he's going to flip it Mm -hmm. And it's going to be 10% focus on acquisition because he will already have more than enough to do whatever his real plan is. And then 90% working the catalog that he has acquired. Right. And this shit is going to get silly at that point. Just like any business, consolidation is bad for consumers. Less choice is bad for consumers. More choice is good for consumers. Allowing companies and allowing people To consolidate ownership never ends well. A, for the creators, or B, for the consumer. It only works well for the investors. Also, this guy is super aware of all of the negative connotations that come from being called a publishing company. Anyone who's read more than five books about bands knows all the various ways that people get fucked on publishing. I mean, getting fucked on publishing is a cliche of the music industry. So he goes to such great lengths to say that there, this isn't a publishing company it's a song management company. The one thing that I can see that is different about hypnosis, at least for now is they're not affiliated with a record label as are all three of the other major publishing companies who own this much of the rock canon. But just like, they don't have to worry about trying to find tomorrow's hit songwriters. They don't have to worry about finding tomorrow's great artists either. Cause again, the whole value of being a record label is accumulating a catalog of profitable master recordings in order to fund the risk of signing new artists. And guess what? Hypnosis is buying masters too. Mm. So this guy is literally just dropping in, taking everything that does make money in the music business, and then worrying about none of the high-risk aspects that the future of this industry requires. Mm -hmm. He does not care. Why would he? Well, because none of these people actually believe that there is a future in music. Exactly. There is no future of music. That's exactly right. If a label is unable to fund new projects... It's just going to go away. And eventually, if only a handful of companies 
hold the keys to the kingdom, even for independent artists, even for new artists trying to do something, it's going to be infinitely harder. It is as if we are going back to the gatekeepers from the 70s, 80s, and 90s of oh, it's record way labels. Worse than that, Only man. now they're not going to sign new artists. Right. Yeah. There's no Napster that's going to come along, I guess, and level the playing field. There are a couple things that could happen. So, so what this all should be sounding like to anyone with a brain between their ears is simply this. The future of music is more fucked now than it has ever been. This guy is not investing in the canon in order to support a future for music. He is investing in the canon, and once he owns however much of it he's decided he needs to own, he is then going to dedicate all of his resources to reinforcing the canon as the only thing that ever mattered yeah like if you're sick of seeing moronic movies based around beatles songs or like the idea like what if the beatles didn't exist that stupid ass concept for a movie or even just like terrible biopics like bohemian rhapsody the movie about queen if you don't like that shit get ready for about a thousand times more of that shit in your face all the time because it's exactly the kind of thing this company is going to get behind Mm. it's exactly the kind of phone calls that this guy's going to be making trying to make these things happen because that's how you make these songs more profitable that's how you keep the interest focused on the canon fuck all these bands Like, I don't give a fuck how much you like a Black Sabbath album, a Led Zeppelin album. Is it worth no one making music anymore? Is it? Is calling that shit your favorite band? Is saying that shit is the best thing that's ever going to happen? Realize the cost of it, because this is the fucking cost of it. Super interesting to uh, to see how all this goes, because I made a list. Now, this was just like quick Google search. This was not like deep dive into all the stuff. Fleetwood Mac, Neil Young, Shakira, John Lennon, Dire Straits, Bob Marley, Timberland, Whitney Houston, Ray Charles, Tom DeLonge, Barry Manilow, Blondie, Richie Sambora, Skrillex, 50 Cent, Nelly, Imagine Dragons, The Killers, Stevie Nicks, separately than uh, Fleetwood Mac. I mean, now these, to varying degrees, some sold portions of, not their entire catalog, they sold pieces of their catalog. Some sold their entire catalog. Some sold their masters. Lil Wayne took a $100 million paycheck. I'm just waiting for him to announce that he just bought all Bitcoin with it or some shit. Because, okay, from just a strictly business standpoint, it is as if you have acquired 10,000 shares of Coca-Cola in your life and you have possibly have, say, uh, three children Rather than giving them each separate uh, (laughs) shares of Coca-Cola, which pays, say, $10,000 a quarter dividend, you decide to take it all on a lump sum and then pay off some probably some tax debt or some debt you have, and then they get the rest. Just from a purely business standpoint, keep that shit. Yeah, it's going to take you 10 years to make $100 million probably on your music. But you know what you get to do? You still make money on year 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. You're still making money. It's yours. You own it. The moment you sell the right to your painting or your song, it is fucking toast. If you had values, they're going to be gone. Do you know what it is too, though? Is It's fucking culpability. Because if someone sells their catalog to some guy who's obviously just a piece of shit suit, then when embarrassing things happen with their back catalog, they can say, they can complain about it. Right. I got paid as fuck 
But I wasn't the one who sold my song to McDonald's. Yeah. I would have. Yeah. But I didn't have to. I sold it to this guy. It's the same principle as Ticketmaster putting all those fees on a ticket and everyone gets mad at Ticketmaster and Ticketmaster doesn't give a shit. They're just willing to be the bad guy. What fans don't know is it's the band that they're going to see who is literally taking like maybe two or three bucks. From those extra fees. At least. Like, in the deal. Right. With the fucking ticketing agency. Yes. The band works out, add this much money on top of it. Sure. And that goes straight to us. Like, look into this. I am not making this up. That's what I did. You're telling, of course. I'm telling people listening, like, please, please go look into this if you just think I'm making up some bullshit. But what Ticketmaster is, they're fine with being the bad guy. And there are so many, like, record labels are also fine with being the bad guy in so many stories of the artists that they work with. They don't give a fuck if you think that they're nice. They don't fucking care. Business. Artists are just treating this guy like Ticketmaster, basically. They work with Ticketmaster, and then Ticketmaster gives them fees for it. They go to this guy, and they're like, all right, you give me all the money, and then you go do all the embarrassing shit that I would have had to do Mm -hmm. in order to make this money. Like, they're fucking complicit. Of course they are. It's It's just funny because the artist so often end up being the ones that look like shit they just do it's really weird how the the human brain works sometimes now granted people have done a good job at shifting the blame to Ticketmaster, only because Ticketmaster is willing to eat shit they don't care if they weren't willing to be the bad guy they could so easily blow up every artist that charges you know there's a 20 dollars service yeah. fee per ticket screenshot the contract oh. and tweet it yeah uh so yeah it turns out that tool gets 18 dollars of that 20 dollars service fee uh go fuck yourself you know what i mean if ticketmaster wasn't willing to be the bad guy people would just see the reality which is the band is just being money hungry and wanting yeah. to cash in as much as humanly possible I don't know. All of this stuff doesn't really bode well for the future of music at all. And not only that, it doesn't bode well for your favorite bands. Also, wake up. Like, this is a fucking business. It is now. What's happening now is all of the, what are they called, uh, venture capitalists, hedge fund people on Wall Street. Just companies who've never given a shit about music before. Like, I think JP Morgan has started buying catalogs after they saw what was happening here this is about to become wall street so basically as bad as the concept of the rock is canon the best music that's ever happened already happened as bad as that was that whole attitude it's about to get so so much like literally 1.29 billion times worse because that's the valuation of this guy's company as of this recording and as far as all the altruistic shit that this guy says, like, I guess I would believe that he gives a shit about the future of music the day that he acquires enough of the canon to pull it from Spotify and Apple and say he's not giving it back until the whole music business is restructured in favor of songwriters. Like, if he does that, I will retract this episode. But I just don't see that happening. All you have to know this is the perfect way to end this episode is all you have to know is one phrase in investment or in business fiduciary responsibility. Yes. It is his legal responsibility, his fiduciary responsibility to make money, to take the investment money that he got and went and bought assets with, because that's what they are. It is his fiduciary responsibility 
to make money with said assets. He is required to do that. If you don't think he will do anything and everything in his power, this guy talks a big game. He really, he's good. He's got talking points. I recommend don't go find one interview with him. Go find like four or five and look at how many times he's spitting out the same exact sentences. That is someone who has so practiced the face that they're going to present. All right. And one of the things that he says, he only deals directly with artists, songwriters, and producers. He says, I only buy from artists, songwriters, and producers. And in one of the interviews, someone's like, yeah, but you did acquire a whole publishing company. And then he's like, I mean, yeah, I did, but that was like (laughs) only one of the deals that I did. It's like, well, bro, when they have 30 fucking thousand songs in their catalog, it's the only one you need to do. And if the next person comes along, if all these people who hate you, by the way, because you're driving the value of these things up temporarily, like GameStop shares, bubble, bubble shit. Yeah, <laughs> if you're do, if the, these people hate you, of course they're not going to sell to you. You're their fucking competition, dick. Right. Like if you succeed, it only makes what they have more valuable. Mm-hmm. So why would they do it? He makes it seem like it's an altruistic thing. Like it's a choice of him to not acquire publishing companies catalog when he so easily could it's like no you could not easily do that man because when you win they win yeah i don't know what was going on at the one publishing company who decided to sell you their whole ass catalog they must have been having a real bad time at that moment i don't know having a bad day yeah i don't know like maybe they're going through a rough rough year i have no idea what was going on people sell stuff all sorts of reasons but it would be like if i was one of five people who owned a million of something and then someone else is over here like driving up the value of that thing and then that person is like bragging about how they don't come to me to try to buy my thing well why would you asshole like i'm gonna charge you so much more money than anyone else would because i know exactly what you're doing because i'm doing the same thing (laughs) right you know yeah 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 this is the same guy who's like, I mean, I'm not going to sell a Neil Young song to a hamburger commercial 10 years later. Yeah. But like you did that one time, though. He's yeah. like, well, that was one. Yeah. Well, OK, yes, there was one time. But the thing is, is it's never fucking one time. It is always one time that turns into two times. I know that people think, well, $100 million for Lil Wayne's Masters is so much money, $100 million. But I mean, even a newer band like Imagine Dragons was in the list of bands that sold portions of their catalog or whatever. Why? Yeah, you have so much time to sit back and see what's going to. You're at the beginning of your career still. There's so much money to be made. I I guess I'm just afraid that like they have the wrong people in their ears. I I have a few reasons to suspect that Imagine Dragons guys might be a little dumb i don't know i don't i don't know the other thing is like one of the articles on this dude i think it's the one that's on medium i don't remember who wrote it there are like 10 or 12 representatives of other publishing companies who wouldn't go on record but who gave quotes on the guy and it like none of it's good ask anyone who knows what they're talking about and this is the worst thing happening right now like if Mm -hmm. you like music if you like new music specifically if you want there to keep being more good new music you need to be zeroed in on this shit 
it, yeah. it matters. Mm-hmm. Like this is going to get ugly and you need to know, you need to be aware, not like you have the power to stop it at all, but you do have a responsibility, I think, to be aware, educated, know what it is, call it out, talk about it to people, other people who care about music. Like this needs to be discussed, I think, mm. in a way that I have not said. No one has said this shit that you and I are saying about this right now. I researched this. I looked into this. Everyone, I did not find one article talking about it in a bad way. Everyone's just trying, repeating this guy's like, talking point. Yes. It was also just like really making excuses, I guess, for some of the artists selling. The, I don't know. It was weird. I have seen skepticism from the financial district, which is rational, smart. Of mm. course, it seems pretty likely that this guy's not going to make the money that he on the surface would need to make in the time frame that he would need to make. For these investments to be worth it, as you said. However, what these people looking at this from a financial perspective who don't know shit about the music industry or the way that songs are exploited and worked and everything, what they don't understand is what comes next. The thing that has to happen for him to make the return on his investment. And he's going to make the return on his investment. He had that conversation with himself a very long time ago. Also, this sounds kind of fucked up, but like if you invest a hundred million dollars in coca-cola and it turns out coca-cola killed a fucking african tribe to get water for their drinks because they couldn't find water anywhere they're gonna pay a fine and they're gonna pay a price for it. it's gonna be shitty but in five years people will forget and they'll move on the exxon valdez oil spill didn't sink oil companies they move on to the next thing they refine it they, there's always a way for them to continue on with their bullshit that's one of the things this guy talks about too he's like there's nothing that can happen to devalue yeah. what i'm well, buying i would love to talk to him about r kelly and and see what he thinks about about that like dude have you seen r kelly's sure. streaming numbers i know so but the there's there is diminished value i think i do think there's one thing that could fuck this guy up and that is if he does try to flex against Spotify or, or Apple or whatever. All yeah. of these companies who are in music now, because the state of the music industry is what it is now, not whatever it's going to be post this guy's success. And who knows what could, that could change. It could get like even uglier than we're imagining here. If this guy tries to flex his 20% share of the rock is canon or whatever, pretty solid chances of the biggest companies in music right now who are also trying to become the biggest companies in podcasting right now Mm -hmm. that by that point they're like fine fuck it you go do whatever you want to with your toys we're just going to be podcast companies now yeah i mean spotify's anchor thing they're paying podcasters to use a product that all podcasts have had to pay for until now which is hosting and more specifically hosting with dynamic ad stitching technology which is a not cheap and B usually comes with all sorts of restrictions as far as like who you can and can't work with around it. And I'm pretty sure anchors not doing that to people. Right. So like Spotify is probably about to end up hosting half of the podcasts that exist that are not already pulling in millions like Rogan is and everyone who's signed whatever contracts they've already signed with wherever they've signed them. Yeah. The exclusivity deals that are going to be coming in the next 10 years. Oh, it's good. This is all about to get so clown shoes as fuck, man. People are going to be paying for like 20 different streaming services to try and find the artists that they like or some shit. 
me like, fucking atrocious TV now like with yes. people who cut cable and now you're spending eight monthly fees to watch all the things that you like to watch i guess if we think of music like movies it's just a weird comparison because uh netflix makes the queen's gambit they front the money they develop it they put it out it's only available on netflix like you can't buy well, the DVD there, somewhere. There are still or, production companies in TV. So like, I don't know specifically if Netflix did Queen's Gambit start to finish, but was, no, but they yeah. bought the rights to yeah. it. Is that the world we're headed towards? Spotify or or a Apple? Dude, Spotify or, already got uh, caught doing that. Spotify did fake bands and like padded playlists with it. That uh, music business worldwide website caught them doing it. I, think. I just think it's gonna be really not a great future for for artists or for art i guess or connoisseurs of music unless it's just gonna get worse unless we kick the legs out from underneath the concept of the rock cannon like fuck all this shit new map and there's a generation of kids or people coming up that are gonna go man fuck the beatles i like this terribly dressed neon pink wearing guy that's doing crazy shit on his guitar. I think our download numbers like, prove that generation is coming up. Yes. Reject the canon. Reject the top 500 list. If your favorite band already happened. <laughs> your favorite band sucks. You're welcome for another Cassandra Complex-inducing episode of Your Favorite Band Sucks. If you follow me on Twitter, you've seen me yelling about this hypnosis thing for a while. After we recorded this episode, one website finally wrote an article saying some of the things I've been saying. I think it was The Baffler or Baffler.com, something like that. That's still the only place any of the shit we're saying has even been acknowledged. So congratulations for being one of the very few people who gets to watch this slow-motion car crash happen over the next few years. Oh, and if you're wondering about any developments in this story since we recorded the episode, you will be pleased to learn Hypnosis has information on their website about how to license music from their catalog for use in NFTs. So, yeah, that's who's trying to give themselves the job of being in charge of music. Now that we're all on the same page about how important and necessary this podcast is, and how smart and correct you are for this being your favorite podcast, go ahead and send this episode to all your friends who pretend like they love music, tell them fuck you, and shame them into buying shirts and stickers from shop.yfbspod.com. All right, everyone on the crybaby squad who didn't even listen to the Justin Bieber episode or this one before complaining about it, we'll be happy to hear it's a return to business as usual with the next episode. We'll be back in a couple weeks to talk about how much Johnny Cash sucks.